This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV, Wrestling Network, friends and family, welcome to your home for everything current, up-to-date, modern-day pro wrestling. It is Place to Be Nation's main event. I am Scott Criscolo. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday, the uh, second Friday of February. Um, and we got quite a bit to talk about. I don't think I've ever had this many consecutive episodes of this show where we had a ton of crap every episode. Um, and more, I mean, we have WWE news, we have AEW news, we have TNA news. Um, I don't know if we have any New Japan news. Well, maybe. Anyway, we're going to talk about it with these fine gentlemen. First off, he is a, uh, beloved contributor. He's been very helpful to me, uh, over the past, uh, several episodes. And it's good to have him back in the fold here, uh, at Old Reliable. The Boogie of the Bayou. Mr. Andrew Reich. Hey, I know it's weird. Like, um, I feel like I was just dipping in and helping out. And Steve, the Steve Willie, the conscience of this show of main event, the main eventer, if you will, he rolled back into the ring. I nodded at him. I walked away. I served my due diligence. I sacrificed my spot. But something, you know, Scott, something just didn't sit right with me. And as I was watching SmackDown and Raw, I saw all these signs out there, and they kept saying, we want Reesh. And I, uh, they were chanting, Reesh, 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 Reesh. And they were saying, Scotty's not nice. Scotty's not nice. <laughs> and I, I was thinking, man, they really – I should just change my mind. And I decided, okay, I'm going to have to call the boss. I'm going to have to call the board, and I'm going to have to get my spot back. And uh, I'm back. But you'll never believe what happened behind the scenes. Steve Willie slapped me in the face. <laughs> uh, you will never hear Willie sucks chance ever. <laughs> That's why I couldn't say that ever. Maybe, maybe at the United Center or maybe at Lambeau Field. I do but... take offense with you saying that. You know, in the last few episodes, there's been a whole lot of crap on this show. I've been on those shows, <laughs> <laughs> and you and you have sifted the crap. Anyway. <laughs> Literally, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, joining me tonight, uh, a uh, another fan favorite here uh, in the PTB Wrestling Network, and of course over on the other side of the quad at the North South Connection. In fact, he and my PIC, Mister Azero, are doing a countdown on the No So YouTube as well as the Tiki Taki of every single WrestleMania match ever. And I know for a fact that number four is the uh, Bud Light pillow fight from Seattle. <laughs> That's a guarantee. Um, no, I don't know. He's uh, he's one of my faves. Uh, he suffers. He does not suffer fools gladly like I do, and he uh, distrusts humanity like I do. Um, welcome, everyone, Mr. Ryan Gray. How are you, sir? Oh, Scotty, what's going on, buddy? I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to roll, and I'm re- and I'm glad I am not talking about fucking WrestleMania matches. All 402 of them, five a day for the next month or so, and then we go four, then we go three. Anyways, I am ready to talk some current 
WWE, AEW, Power, whatever you guys want. I'm ready to talk about this current product. It's hot. It's ready to roll. And let's get going, guys. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you say Power because I did watch uh, the other night. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, Dr. G and I will talk about it more this weekend on the weekend special. But I did watch the first episode of uh, Power on CW. And I'm not going to lie, it was actually pretty good. Uh, they definitely kicked in. I mean, they always had decent production, but the production was better. And I gotta, I'm not going to lie. The EC3 uh, Matt Cardona match of death thing was actually very entertaining. They did steal some uh, some GCW gimmicks. Um, <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want to. But, uh, you know, it was it was a fun match. But, uh, uh, but you know, they have their next big show. Ha, Tams, four. Uh, it's a CW taping. That will be... On uh, Saturday, March 2nd, I believe is the date. Anyway, um, um, obviously we got a ton of stuff. Yes, sir. Um, So let's begin with, of course, uh, the flamethrower, which has had a very entertaining week. Um, uh, If you're listening to this Friday morning, last night they had the big WrestleMania press conference out in Vegas. Um, shit went down. Um, it was a lot of dancing around and gobbledygook and sorts of things. Um, uh, obviously the last six days of stuff, um, has been surreal to say the least. Um, I don't think... I've ever seen a guy get <laughs> his head spinning around over the span of seven days than Cody Rhodes. Devontae had a shot, then gave up a shot, then had enough of the shit about a shot, and uh, now he may have his shot back. Um, it's a giant mess. But there was a press conference in Vegas. I thought they were going to announce. I don't know why they did it in Vegas. I thought that was weird. I know it's Super Bowl week, and I don't know why that would matter, but... Um, but we had a bunch of pushing around and posturing and such. Um, clearly the mood in WWE with the fan base is not exactly what everybody anticipated. I don't know why they would be surprised. I'm going to talk about that first. So obviously last Friday on SmackDown, Cody Rhodes comes out, tells Roman Reigns that you will I will take I will get my shot from the Rumble just not at WrestleMania that's not un- that's not unprecedented because if you remember back in 2008 when John Cena won the Rumble at the Garden he wanted to cash it in on Randy Orton at No Way Out coincidentally in Vegas that ended up being a schmaz and they ended up having a triple threat with Triple H at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando which Orton won and of course I think Triple H won the following month or something. Yeah, he did. I think he won the following month at Backlash. Um, So that's not unprecedented. But then The Rock comes out, hugs Cody. Cody looks like he could give two shits. He leaves, and then Rock and Roman look at each other, and of course the place fucking explodes. Monday on Raw, Cody comes out. There's a shit ton of signs. The first time we've heard Rocky sucks chance since uh, fucking Lowell, Massachusetts in 1997. Um, And uh, then tonight or last night in Vegas, we had some kind of mishmash of something. 
Um, um, you guys both watched it. I was at a hoop game, so I didn't get to see it. But I'll ask you first, uh, Rye. What the fuck happened? <laughs> what is going on? Well, it was a lot of a lot of fluff. It was about an hour and fifteen minutes runtime. Uh, a lot of your typical promotion of WWE, the roll in the red carpet out. This is superstar Bianca Belair. This is superstar Rhea Ripley. And then you got you know you got a Becky angle out of it. That's pretty cool. They announced WWE Speed on Twitter, X, whatever. So that's kind of unique or whatever. I'm sure we can get to that later. But the show is led by CM Punk. Pat McAfee, Cole, and the returning Big E. So it was a you know a, a nice unique panel going on over there. So the show flowed pretty well, even though it was pretty boring to start. Really, you know, you had your high points of a few. Punk was really good. E was you know E was refreshing to see. McAfee and Cole, they're fine, whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. it was kind of just rolled out there. You're, it's starting to build. Ripley and. Um, Lynch were pretty good, their face-off, but then it really heated up. Seth Rollins just felt completely out of place looking like, actually, he was dressed down. He had his lime green, or it's like a Celtic green, his Kelly green shirt uh, suit on. Uh, So he didn't look too ridiculous, but he looked ridiculous. He just felt so little once Roman (laughs) in The Rock came out, but that's for the, you know, whatever, that's whatever, that's him. Uh, So, and then... Rollins comes out. He wants Cody Rhodes' answer. And then the Tribal Chiefs music hit. And it's like kind of a, the first surprise of the segment. And then he, they kind of have their little back and forth. Little Sister, the B title. So it's the same song he's been singing the last week or so about mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. Uh, and then the Rocks. And then Roman says, well, I'm the Tribal Chief. I'm, I'm the man. So on and so forth. I picked the WrestleMania main event. And I choose the rock place kind of booze, little, little is a small reaction. And then the rock comes out. You get the same rock kind of very ominous to his Philadelphia 19 or, or 2015 look where he's a little like a little annoyed. Like it's like, I can't control this. It's, this isn't about necessarily. A little pushback. It's like it's not where it's. I'm within there with gender. I'm not in there with Austin Theory. Uh, they're not ecstatic to eleven to see me. It's a little pushback. I could feel he. Of course, he's you know he could have been acting or whatever, but he felt a little annoyed, dissatisfied. But he would play into that as he would go. Right. Uh, he, there's a beautiful picture going out there now of the picture that he presents of this tree, right? It's the, it's the family tree and it's this branches off to every family member in the Ottawa family. It's a beautiful picture. I've zoomed in a little bit and read it. I'd love to, you know, I'm sure I'll stare at it for one day for five minutes in the next few days. And just like, it's, it's beautiful. You should see it if you haven't seen it yet, Scott and everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he pretty much just says, I'm presenting this. This is the biggest match in WrestleMania history. You get in a lukewarm reaction. You get your scattered chance of Rocky sucks. You can still see the kind of angst and rejection on his face and the dissatisfaction. Um, pl- blurring those lines of kayfabe and re- whatever. So he's he's perturbed, but he's he's like he's working through it. And then finally you you get this is bullshit. Cody comes out. Um, this is bullshit. I've I, I, I hold the cards here. 
I he doesn't allude to earlier in the week saying that he got counsel not, and he he gave up his WrestleMania slot. Right, right. He, he he decided to veer off from WrestleMania. He says, "No, I, I I'm going for WrestleMania, and it's going to be you and me at WrestleMania." And and Roman pretty much goes and says, Dusty would be disappointed in you. And, and he pretty much puts down Dusty. It's like, Dusty sucks. <laughs> or he, I don't, I forget the co- correct verbiage, but he pretty much said, Dusty sucks. And so he called he, him, uh, he called him irrelevant. Irrelevant. Thank Oof. you. He called him irrelevant. Your shot was last year. You're irrelevant now. You're trying to glam on to us. Um, your, your spotlight is off. You had your spot. You had your chance. You swung and you missed. Um, it's, we're going to go forward. It's going to be me and cuz, and in the meantime, the rock and Roman have kind of c- come together. Their shoulders have aligned. Um, they, their body language have matched each other. The vibe is like this motherfucker just put in this motherfucker is going against us. You know what I mean? Like this is supposed to be about us. We have the biggest family in wrestling. We just gushed about our family. We are the business. We are it. And this motherfucker's kind of trying to chum off of us and get our shine, but he holds the card of the title shot. And then he said, well, Peter, Peter Maivia, high chief, would be embarrassed of how you guys are acting right now. Richie, correct me if I'm a little bit off there, but and then the rock says, don't you talk about my family pretty much. He gets big, he gets big shoulder, he gets big barrel chest, and he says, you slow down there, little man. You know, we are the number one family in the WWE and the wrestling, so on and so forth. And he leads them to a smack right, right in the face. Mm. And, uh, and we were on. Uh, it felt electric. Um, it built well. It was clunky and a mess, but in, not in a bad way. Uh, yeah, with Cody... Here's the thing. I don't think Cody necessarily is in a bad shape. I think he's in great shape. But he was slapped down a peg on the in the manly department, if if you will. Now, Richie, it, it was a long journey to get there. But did I miss any high points? Uh, well, you forgot the part where they showed the other family tree, and that was the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban coaching tree. But all the weeds die halfway through the picture, so that wasn't important to look at. <laughs> No, the bloodline painting, I'm pretty sure it'll show up. It was very nice. They actually were very transparent, too. One of them is the former MLW signee, Jacob Fatu, who is now a free agent. So there was some interesting things there. Uh, The crowd was very torn. I mean, I I think it's fair to say that The Rock was trying to gauge the crowd and he couldn't figure it out. Because people, I don't know if he was playing into it though. I was just oh, he played into it, but I think what happened is the moment about maybe like 30 seconds or 45 seconds into it, he realized okay, the crowd is not the crowd is with Cody, they're not with me, and that's it when that it got sure. rolling, yeah, for sure. But I you think know, here's here's the thing that here's the thing that I am just so perplexed about, and, and I think is annoying me a lot about this whole rock thing, obviously. I don't want to talk about it much because we talked a crap ton about it on the last episode two weeks ago. But obviously this is all trying to be as smokescreeny as possible to 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 distract from all the Vince stuff. Now, the Vince stuff is the Vince stuff. That's not an everyday news story. The Vince stuff's only going to come up when something about it comes up. You don't talk about the Vince stuff every day. 
First of all, nobody wants to. It's disgusting. Secondly, uh, it's not an everyday story. The next time we'll hear something is if something legal happened, you know, something in court or whatever. So obviously they need to smokescreen the shit out of this. And I think they're I think they're overdoing it. I think. TKO fucked. This is the first time now after finally buying the company or not buying, it, I should say after the this is the first time after the merger that TKO is starting to put their fingerprints. And we're going to talk about another promotion whose parent company probably dipped too much of its fingertips in it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. I think TKO is panicked or trying to they seem to think that we as fans are only going to talk about Vince and Jamel, Janelle Grant, whatever her name is, and all this other nonsense going on and, and nothing else. And that's wrong. That's not true. We don't care. Um, and I think Rock being on the board of directors is perfectly fine. It's a fine thing. They want his branding. They want him. They want a guy with a clean slate that people can trust. Yada, yada, yada. It's fine. But now you're shoving him into the middle of a situation he doesn't need to be in. Just like Stone Cold at WrestleMania 38. That was his big moment. Just like The Rock's big moment. And I was there live. 2013, WrestleMania 29, when he dropped the title to, to Cena. That was The Rock. Should have been The Rock's last big WrestleMania moment. But instead... TKO was kind of needling him. I think they're working together in concert on this, that he needs to kind of go in and start cleaning some of the funk off, which I don't think exists, to be quite honest with you. And now this has become a big fucking mess. I get, we all get that Punk got hurt. First off, I think now, I think two months later, we realized that signing him was probably a fucking mistake. <laughs> we got the big moment in Chicago. Uh, at Survivor Series, Yippie Kaye, and now we realize he's a, he's just a broken down, <laughs> and he's he's just a mess. We get that 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 Seth is hurt. Fine. We have a pay per view two weeks from tomorrow in Perth, in Perth, where you can figure out something involving Seth. Seth's got to drop the belt. It's pretty con it's pretty obvious he needs surgery because his knees are turning into fucking Joe Namath's knees. But I think, and Boogie, I want your thoughts and then ride. I think that TKO got a little too handsy with this whole creative process with The Rock and just made a bigger mess than it needed to be. What do you think? Am I wrong, Boogie? No, I, I really do believe it. I'm not being like facetious or humorous this time. I think that hits it right on the head. Um, there, you know, and it's funny. Because, and I, I don't want to bring up this man. I, this man is being, he's being retconned from WWE's archives, uh, probably for good reason, but it's, it's impossible to net to ever uh, just blatantly ignore the, uh, the impact of Vince McMahon on the W on world wrestling entertainment and the world wrestling federation. But the one Vince McMahon ism that always existed and it, the reason why it exists is not because Vince McMahon created, it's just that Vince always went to this well, whenever there were negative connotations about WWF or E or something was kind of bringing the product down. There was always, he, he always had two ways to do it. One was send the crowd home happy, you know, give them something at the end of the show that make them cheer and make them feel good. 
The other one, and this is the one that I think TKO um, is starting to lean into, give them, leave them with wanting something more. And so what they decided, I believe, is that there was so much negativity on the mainstream media about the Vince McMahon allegations, and it is it's even worse than the stuff we discussed two a week ago, but it's so disgusting. I don't even want to get into it. No, I don't want to either, but that's, but the point is they wanted a, a distraction, a happy distraction. So when you have big board members and you have a giant corporation and a multi-billion dollar property and they look at it, what can we do to make this thing What can we do to drive this so that we can get people away? And Disney does this too. What can we do to get this away from the bad stuff? And what they do is you, all right, let's put the rock on it. If we put the rock on it, people are going to not forget about the Vince stuff, but they're going to, it's going to sidestep it. And people will sort of delay that and they'll just think about, oh my God, the rock is going to face Roman Reigns. That was, I think that was, I'm going to be honest, Scott. I think that was the initial idea, but you know, do you know how sometimes when you drive to work, but, and you're maybe like a block out of your house and you have that immediate thought, oh crap, I forgot that. And you know how you have that little moment there where you just start thinking for the next block or two, you know what, maybe I can do without it. And then you realize, no, no, I gotta have it. And you turn the whole car around and it's so annoying, but you know, you need that one thing that you forgot. I really believe on the road to WrestleMania, Scott, that's what happened. They looked at the SmackDown segment. They saw the crap. I know they're saying, oh, the Cody complainers and crybabies. They're not, they're keyboard warriors. They can't just turn around a WrestleMania event. No, but if you start having a lack of interest because of the fact that you made a really bold decision, then they can retcon it. And that's what they did with that rock Cody Roman segment that was on SmackDown by doing this press event um, over the weekend when they planned it in advance of like, okay, we're going to have all these names and they show up and they have this, you know, as Ryan Gray very well illustrated what happened, basically just a redo. Like, hey, can we just have a do-over this, and this time we'll have Cody and Roman in the main event? Maybe we'll have Roman and Rock kind of teaming up against Seth and Cody. Like, can we do something like that instead? And some people look at it like it's sacrilegious. It's Vince Russo crap. It's a mess. It kind of – it was a clunky mess. But I think it's okay. Like, I don't think – I don't look at WrestleMania um, builds as Bible. I don't think it's something where – like it's not a sacred text where like you cannot go away from the script. That's where Vince McMahon went wrong. He would have these develop. He would develop these guys and have these organic people like characters get over. And then WrestleMania time comes. He was like, well, you know, I kind of had this in mind with this guy and this guy and this guy. We can't really go away from it. I actually like the fact that they're kind of changing it up. I, I actually am kind of happy with the fact that they did that. If they'd have just stuck with Roman versus Rock, that would have made people very, very unhappy. I, I, I will say that. What do you think, Roddy? I think Roman Rock's fine. I just don't think it's fine right now. I think what there's more of a story to be told on how we got there at the end of the night. Like they should be aligned. They're cousins, right? Like why, why wouldn't they be aligned? I get it. Well, why not? 
so the Rock's just gonna come in and be like, "I'm the tribal chief. I'm the re- I'm the real guy. I'm the real tribal chief of this family. I really run the WWE, so on and so forth." Or let's just have like this heel mega powers. Let's have this Triple H and Austin 2001 two man power trip. Let's kind of do that for a little while. Take have take a veer off. Uh, let's go. Let's keep Cody hot. I think it was the Cody nonsense this this weekend was played into, of course. But I think that once it got, once it caught fire, they added gasoline to it for sure. I don't think Conrad Thompson gives this much shit about the WWE product that he's going to spend all weekend talking about it. Perhaps Uncle Paul told Uncle Bruce to go earn his money and have his keyboard warriors get after it. Why Dave LaGreca, yeah, he's a passionate guy, but let's let's kind of have him veer into the Cody lane too and just go full force with that. Um, Sap, I'm sure that they did him a solid, and he, all these guys out there, Team Cody, all weekend. It, it didn't stop whatsoever. I think that they saw it, they ran with it. Um, did they necessarily think it was going to be this hot? But I think that they kind of went with it. Or your boy, Triple H, wanted to show the board, or wanted to show Ari and Nick Khan that. Hey, maybe The Rock coming in here swinging his dick necessarily isn't the best thing for business. Your boy's got the anchor. I mean, your boy's doing pretty well at the head of the head of the ship, steering this thing, you know, straight to the pastures. Uh, let me kind of stay here before The Rock comes in here and kind of bigfoots this whole thing. And you know, now he wants to play ball, so he's going to come and throw a monkey wrench in. In our, you know, our smooth ship, ship right here. Uh, so maybe Triple H had his maybe warriors go to bat for him a little bit and show him how muddy the waters could be if we kind of let the Rock come in here and kind of swing around with his little goofy sidekick or warts and kind of start meddling. And once they're meddling, is Triple H vulnerable? With the Vince stuff, uh, I think Triple H kind of put his stamp a little bit on the on hit this this weekend. Perhaps maybe uh, let the Arden fans do his bidding for him in a way. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily think that's too much of a wild take whatsoever. But and uh, yeah, I, but either way, I think that they put gasoline to that Cody fire. And, and let's not be wrong, Cody is the winner coming out of this, uh, especially with the conclusion of tonight. I, I agree with that. Happen. So I think that, um, you know, kudos for the pivot or kudos for getting Cody on the fucking rock in Roman Reigns wavelength (laughs) and the tribal combat or whatever they want to call it can wait. Let's build to it. Let's have this mega power two man power trip heal route Mount Rushmore of families coincide, you know, rock Roman needs family. Cody started to destruct the family. Uh, maybe Cody gets a little curveball where he took counsel from The Rock, and uh, maybe Cody got a little too big, and uh, The Rock had to remember where his heart was and and uh, do his cousin right. So there's a lot that's going on here. There's a lot could going on, and um, I don't think it's going to hurt anything. And I think chaos is a little good at this time of the year. And I don't know which one of you guys said that. Yeah, the book, the Vince book is the Vic Vince book. Uh, I think that this cadence, what we got to the last week. You know, it's perfectly fine. And I think uh, Cody is going to probably be the winner out of this. He definitely will be. Um, 
uh, I think obviously the, the, the a lot of this, as I mentioned before, a lot of this has to do goes back to unfortunately the Vince slop bucket because Ari Emanuel had said that he wants to make sure that there is no remnants of any of this, um, you know, any of this, whatever happened before the merge, we got to cut it all out. And, and the big thing that came out of that statement, which I don't think, I think was misinterpreted is that, oh, geez, well, that means Triple H is gone because he obviously is the son-in-law. He had to have walked in on whatever, you know, Bruce Pritchard's got to go and this guy's got to go. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, 63% of the workforce gets fired. I mean, I don't think that's what R.A. Manuel meant. Um, but obviously the Triple H haters uh, and Vince haters or whatever jumped on that. And now they think that that's why Rock brought his boy Gerwitz in, who everybody fucking hated for 12 years when he ran Raw. Um, so, you know, now I think Triple H has to go, listen, the company has faith in me. And I'm not going anywhere. Which I think the company and I think the fans are like, good. You know, Vince needs to be held accountable for his own actions. Okay. All this stuff that happened happened at home. I don't think it happened in the office, as far as I know. But the point is, most of these guys are on the road. All these creative people are on the road. This is all a bunch of scumbag executives, accountants, and muckety mucks and douchebags. And and what it comes down to is. TKO jumped in here way too deep and and gave Rock a little too much rope. And now we're now we have this. Rock and Roman is going to be an amazing match. Why people think it has to be WrestleMania just because it's the Rock. Uh, unfortunately, puzzles me. Because, you know, everyone says, well, Steve Austin had his big match two years ago at WrestleMania. Now, that's a different, though. The Rock has wrestled since 2003. Like, five times. He was world champion, for Christ's sakes. Steve Austin had not been in a ring to do anything with anybody in 19 years. And Rock could say whatever he wants. Stone Cold is a bigger star. And he always will be. Wrestling star. Wrestling star. I think he's a more beloved wrestling figure than The Rock. I think The Rock's the most famous wrestling-related celebrity of all time. But we're talking about in the ring, in this bubble of professional wrestling. wrestling. I would agree with that, yes. Right? Maybe maybe The Condemned was not as good as (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. But no one gives a shit. Okay? No one gives a shit. It's about... Being yeah. in the ring and the and Steve Austin and I was there and I am treasured as a wrestling fan that I was be able to see that live, his first and probably last match ever. The Rock and Ro- Rock and Roman can have a match anywhere. You can have it in fucking France. Give the give the French something to go crazy about, or have it in fucking Germany at the end of August. And let them go crazy, or wherever the hell SummerSlam is going to be, Cleveland, Houston, fucking Arizona. I don't give a shit. That match could be anywhere. It does not have to be WrestleMania because The Rock is not that kind of novelty anymore because he's wrestled in the last 20 years. 
It's just rock. That's fine. That's just my take. I'm sure people disagree, and it's free country. You're totally entitled to it. But they should have just rolled with it, rolled with Cody Roman, Sunday night, get the fucking story over with, let Roman take time off. There's rumors that, I don't know, I read somewhere, it's probably wrong, that that maybe the leukemia might be coming back. Um, You know, he needs time off. Seth needs time off. You know, what the fuck are we going to do with Damian Priest's stupid briefcase? Guys, Rock didn't take that away and spray paint a Brahma bull on it or something. I mean, we got a lot of open-ended creative crap that needs to be closed up at some point. Gunther's going to win the chamber and then just take a belt. I don't don't want him to forfeit the Intercontinental title. That is stupid. Somebody needs to beat him. That's a waste of an opportunity for an L.A. Knight or a, you know, Gable Steve. No, not Gable Stevenson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not happening. Um, shit. I would love to see Gunther have an open challenge night one and out comes Okada. How cool would that be? And then Gunther the next night beats Seth for the for, for, for that belt. That'd be fun. Any event. So can I add to this at the end? Sure. At the end of the press conference, you get, um, I forget whatever interview, talking with Triple H. Oh, what's your feelings on the on the press conference, so on and so forth. And then The Rock and Roman kind of come up to Triple H and tell him, hey, you need to fix this. And then Triple H kind of gets a little bowed up and be like, well, you know, what the fuck, guys? What's going on here? It's Cody shot. And then they kind of have a little back and forth. So we kind of could have the start of a bigger story of this too where triple h is kind of because triple h and rock i'm sure in front of the camera and behind the camera historically have never really seen eye to eye no so there's always been a little one up on each other a lot of politics here so that politics perhaps could see its way on screen where triple h could have maybe rollins and Cody's back, and then The Rock and Roman kind of go off on their own thing. So uh, there's a lot brewing here. And, I, and Roman and Rock did leave the T-Bay, whatever, T-Mobile arena together in their SUV or whatever. So they came in together to, to announce their family match. We're going to have a family leg- legacy match, right? Who's going to be the head of the table? And then they came together, and they left together. So... I don't know. I'm uh, I'm much more interested now instead of the three way that was ham fisted. I'm much more interested in Ro- why would Rome Roman's not wrestling two nights unless if it's this this tag we get. We might get a tag the night one. We'll get we'll talk about that. But why would they race Roman and Cody two in Rock in Roman on the same weekend? Why would they do that? That does, that never made sense to me. The triple the triple threat. Eh, I guess, but whatever. I think what we potentially have here with the with them teaming up, if it's Australia, if it's night one, whatever, is much, much more interesting and a better path to unclog this mess that we perceive to kind of have. Mm. I, I'll chime in on this part where they, you know, where Ryan had said that he that there's like he he doesn't know why they would go with a situation where you have. Roman wrestling twice or Cody wrestling twice and once in a tag. 
I think there are some logistical reasons that make sense. There's one big thing about this that um, you can't ignore now, but it's something that they've that WWE from a booking standpoint has already tried to move past. Their night one main event, which was basically, basically. penciled in uh, starting in late December, was put off the shelf right after the Royal Rumble. CM Punk is out. And Seth Rollins probably has to work a tag match because I don't know if he can be 100% healthy enough to work a one-on-one match. So they might just table a world championship match altogether, to be quite honest with you. so I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Like they might just go with something where Seth wrestles Drew. I mean, uh, you, you know, Ryan made a point that Cody comes out is looking smelling like a rose. True. Another one is Drew McIntyre because Drew can slot right in and feud with uh, feud with Seth Rollins for that that the, the raw world title, whatever you want to mock it as. And as it's it is the top prize on one of the flag on the flagship show or one of the main shows. So that's something that's something you could build towards a WrestleMania if Seth is up to working it. Uh, but with Punk being out, I think it was just more like almost to the what Scott was sort of leaning into from a strategy standpoint, booking wise or planning wise. OK, we don't have this. It's like when you, it's like when a team has a, like a certain number of players and one player's out. Okay, we don't have this player. Who can we go to? Oh, this guy can do this. That's what that's that, that's what I think this happened with night one of WrestleMania. Okay, we don't have Seth versus Punk. Let's do Seth and Cody teaming up against the Rock and Roman Reigns. Now we can fill get, fill up Philadelphia twice because WrestleMania is now two nights. So. I think some of the planning did get in the way because they lost one of their top draws or top attractions going that they had already planned out. And they sort of had to, you know, as the cast of friends will tell you, pivot. But the, the, the thing about, you know, the WWE is the king of 50-50 booking. And the press event batted 500 like they always do you know the wwe all the wwe always leaves me something leaves me wanting something more in good ways and bad scott and Mm -hmm. this is just another one where it's like oh man fireworks cursing like these guys are really getting into it and we got something kind of organic and animated at the end of this thing where i'm kind of interested to see where it goes next but it also made seth it didn't fix the problem where it did it fix the situation where Cody Rhodes looked like a cuckold just giving up his WrestleMania title shot? Yes. Yes, it fixed that. Because Cody said, you know what? Fuck it. I want my title shot. And I want you. And I and and it it isn't about face. It is something that looks stupid, but at least it made Cody look stronger. Seth Rollins still looks like a joke second rate champion. And he's injured. So he can't really defend himself right now on television. So it's even worse for him. Um, so execution wise, I think WWE could have done a whole lot better with some of these storylines. They, I think they could have emphasized other things other than rock and Roman, but in terms of like telling a story, they can still pull it off, man. Like the way that segment ended, it was intense. It was energetic and it made me want to see how it goes on. What I did want to go back to with you, Scott, and I just want you to kind of like expand on this. Mm -hmm. We are clear, you know. In hurricane season, we have this thing called the cone of uncertainty where this this hurricane might go here to here, you know, and mm-hmm. WrestleMania, the cone of uncertainty always narrows right around now, February, late February. It's not. It's very wide still. Like, at what point do you we don't even know if there's an elimination chamber match for the men yet. 
as we are recording right now. Mm-hmm. So how how are you kind of okay with the openness of it? We've had WrestleMania main events where I think in 2000, we didn't even know the main event until the week of Raw, the week <laughs> of WrestleMania. So we they can really play this out all the way till we just get to some episodic episode in in March and they say, okay, this is it. This is what we're doing on night one. Like how close do you have to be at WrestleMania to, to really have your ducks in a row? I just want your opinion on it since they've done so many different versions of these things where they don't know where they're going with stuff. Um, well, you obviously, I mean, if you're talking behind the scenes, you'd like to think that, that a WrestleMania card is for the most part kind of sculpted by survivor series. You want to know who your rumble winner is. And, um, you know, you kind of want at least the top half of your card locked in and then you can kind of trickle down from there. I'm not going to lie, guys. I think this is the first time that two nights might be too much. I don't think I hate to say this, but I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough talent to fill two nights this year. I I may totally be talking. Out they of had ass, a WrestleMania but... in Dallas in 2016. It barely filled one night. Right. <laughs> and I, I understand what they did in the pandemic and that was different. WrestleMania. I'm throwing two nights all the way. I think it's better. I think, unfortunately, you can't. You can't do. You can't. You can't alternate. Some years, Rye, it's probably great. Some years, it's probably not. I have a feeling this year is not. I have a feeling it's not enough to fill to fill two nights. It's just my well, opinion. I think the women's matches. Rhea, I think. I think Bailey EO will be nice. Rhea and Becky just isn't really doing it for me. I will honest. chime in on I'm so sorry, Scott. I will chime in on this. The Bailey SmackDown segment where she officially challenged EO was very well done. I agree. That's how I they agree. should have done the men. That's how they should have done it. Yeah, I agree. Um You've got Theory is US champ. Does anybody fucking care? You've got Gunther is Intercontinental champ, but now you already want him to beat Seth, so what are you gonna do with that belt? You know, I don't know. Just my opinion. But well, Scott, I will say I think that Triple H's pivot would be lesser matches instead because in the past he's had like eight matches up per night. I think it's just six matches per night with the lack of depth that you would perceive due to the injuries or whatever. I just think yeah. it's still less, but it's a bigger presentation. You're getting two and a half hours instead of three and a half hours, kind True. of, which is True. which isn't a bad thing. No, not at all, not at all. But again, now that they've done two nights, you either have to do two nights forever. Or go back to one night forever. You can't like, you can't bounce around every year. This year we'll do two. Next year we'll do one. This year we'll do, you can't do that. Nights. It's less of a slug. Yeah, it's just too expensive. It's now more expensive. But uh, to be fair, like like you were just saying, life things happen. Injuries happen. Injuries happen. People get right. people written out. Some people just some people just lose steam or momentum going into WrestleMania, and you just kind of go with something else. Um. I just am really curious because this is Triple H. Now Triple H booked WrestleMania going into California last year. I think I think I think this is a long game situation. Talking about Cody Roman too, where the, I think this is a red, not a retcon, but I think he wants a do over of like, man, we should have just put the belt on Cody in 2023. Let's the worst thing that time. happened. I just I I'm, I'm against that all day. I am against that all day. I think it worked out perfectly fine. Cody's much hotter now. Cody had only been back in the WWE for fucking four months combined, leading into that. They're not going to give him the belt after four months. 
It's I, I I have to say, as much as it sucked at that moment, I do agree with Ryan on that one. He's much hotter now, and they, they were, it actually worked out that Rocks come in here and TKO was kind of fucked all this shit up. Because they kept the story, the, the, the story, the story in, exactly. in, in, mar- in the marquee. Now, they kept it there. Now, if you keep waiting until 41, like they it seemed like they were trying to do, that's when they realized – we can't do it. We got to. Well, the only reason now. there's two reasons there's two reasons why, and I've said this all along, and I and I'm right. The reason that he didn't win last year, a like Ryan said, it wasn't built enough. It, it was more like we finally want Roman to lose than we actually want Cody to win. They didn't care if they put anybody there. And number two, they were so close to the 1,000 days. WWE will never give up a chance to sell merch. Now, of course. He's like, I'm nervous about this, but I don't think it's going to happen. He's like 262 days away from passing Hogan's 84 to 88 run. Yeah, late August. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. If they do that, that's the death knell. I don't say the death knell of the company. But now they're not going to. But you don't want WrestleMania to become the untrustworthy pay-per-view where people are going to be like, paying they're going to spend between four and eight hundred dollars for two nights of wrestling and go well they may you know i don't know is my guy going to win and do i get the match i want am i going to waste the money whatever um what fucked up was they fucked up in dallas is combining the belts then yes fucked up i totally one zillion percent rye and i've said that and Steve Willie can attest to this, and Nate Milton. I've said that a billion times. The dumbest thing they did was that Brock Roman match to combine both belts. Because then now you're now now Roman is stuck. He's got a second belt. You can't have him lose that belt because then the streak's broken. Even though the other belt is the one that's got all the days on, they totally wrecked that. They totally ruined. Them. It. And then they bring up, then they bring back the old belt, and they think it's a shiny new tool. It's Rollins has done a decent job, but that's where they fucked up. Yeah. They never should have had Brock and Roman in that slot. And if they did, Brock should have not had the belt. But because they had already had a bunch, and of course, you know, was that the last match? No, because five months later they had that weird backhoe match or whatever in Nashville at SummerSlam. So whatever. Brock's another one you'll never see again, and I'm I'm fine for it because I'm kind of done with him anyway. So, um, all right. We'll get more into WrestleMania. We've got plenty more weeks to talk about it before we get to the first week of April. Let's now move on to All Elite Wrestling. And, of course, their big show is coming up in um, about four weeks. Sunday, March 3rd, from Greensboro. Er Evolution. No, that's that's an NXT show. Er Evolution. It is Revolution. Four matches are locked in as... uh, as um, uh, Boogie said, all of them title matches. Um, you've got Samoa Joe, our our our, our AEW champion, now in a triple threat against Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland because they ended up wrestling to a draw on Wednesday. That was predictable. Phenomenal match. All three great of their match. matches but, have been great because they've had a trilogy so far. All three pre- of them were great, but predictable. You knew no yes. one. You knew they one ran out. Not, of, that's know. the only problem. With time limit draws. Like it, it, it don't matter what promotion is. You run out of steam once you start realizing, and even the performers are realizing. Okay, we just got to get to the end here. I got to be honest with you. I and I love 
Uh, I love Hangman. He's like the one guy that I've loved since the promotion started. Swerve should have won the match outright. It's just my opinion. You've got Orange Cassidy defending the international title against Roddy Strong, and I think Roddy Strong wins because they need to beef, beef up the Fallen Kingdom or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, and Tony Storm defends the women's title against Deanna Perrazzo, which is going to be a banger of a match. Tony will probably win because this is the Cody Rhodes thing. Deanna's only been here, what, three weeks? <laughs> She's not going to win the belt. Tony's been, Tony's been too good. And, of course, Sting and Darby Allen, who are now the AEW Tag Team Champions after winning Wednesday night, will take on the Bucks in Sting's last match. Uh, I have heard backstage, I, I, from what I've read, that Sting didn't want him and Darby to win the tag belts on Wednesday. But they decided to do it. Does it tip their hand now in... Sting and Darby losing at Revolution. You're not going to have Sting retire with the tag belts, and you're not going to have unless unless Tony comes up with some kind of convoluted mishmash thing that usually comes out of his permed head. Um, what do you think, Boogie? I'll start with you because you're the AEW guy. Well, let's talk about this first. Then I don't want to get into the Samoa Joe thing. So, was it smart to put the belts on them Wednesday? And what the hell happens now? Scott, you are so fucking amateur. That's what the A in All E Wrestling stands for you, amateur. Because you are seriously asking me between, is Tony Khan going to make a sound logical decision or the convoluted mishmash decision? It will always be the convoluted mishmash decision. (laughs) (laughs) So will he make, I would bet you almost money, and I'm not poor yet, but I could try if I want to. That he probably told Sting, I want you to have a title. I want you to win this. I can very easily see Sting and Darby going over and having the belts and retiring them. I'll even go a step further. Um, I don't think they're going to do this. But this would be a really cool idea. And I'll just throw it here on the main event show. I would love it if... Sting and Darby win that match against the Bucks, and then Sting says, you know what? I don't want that to be my last match. And they have an unannounced main event last match, and Sting and Darby one-on-one. And I think that would get the – I think the crowd would – and that is Sting's last match. Uh, And I would – I don't know if they would actually do that, but I'm just thinking. But, you know, my idea is a convoluted mishmash too, and, you know, me and Tony are about the same age, so you never know. Um – yeah, I actually like the fact like that Revolution fact is Revolution in a situation where they sort of established what they want for the top program, which is Sting's last match and what they're what they're going with. The Young Bucks being entitled EVPs who are douchebags. The wing, the women's title having that specific feud. Samoa Joe being specifically uh, targeted with uh, Hangman and Swerve. And they can't figure out who's the number one contender, so they both get the shot. Even though Hangman is is absolute is becoming more and more obsessed with making Swerve look like a loser because he still hates the fact that Swerve beat him twice, which I think is a great story. Um, and then the other one is um, which is losing steam involves Adam Cole and the Undisputed Kingdom and having Roddy Strong, who's the active wrestler of the of the faction, just basically win the belt off of Orange as this like devious heel. Um, I think it's just hurt by. I mean, Scott, we know this. Like the reason. The thing that's hurt that is that Adam Cole is still hurt. 
if Adam Cole was healthy and he was the, at the head of this, I mean, it gives it gives so much more dynamite. No pun intended to that angle, but they can't. They have to do it to Roddy Strong because Adam's not ready. And um, it sucks, but, you know, Adam's there doing promos and segments. I think they're going with something involving the BCC, Blackpool Combat Club, and the CMLL imports that they've been having come in. Um, That could be really interesting. I would love to see them just have this absolute blowout, like, like eight-man tag at Revolution. Um, And the only other thing about uh, AEW that I'll mention, and I'll I'll hang up and listen, (laughs) is that um, I thought the Phoenix, Arizona Dynamite, even though the rating was tame, um, the TV rating, I thought the show itself was fantastic. It was probably the best dy- – it's the best Dynamite I've absolutely seen in 2024. It might be the best Dynamite I've seen since like the Grand Slam show in, tw- in late 23, in September 23. They really knocked it out of the park. I think they knew they had to impress on that show, and they did it with Sting and Darby winning it off of Starks and Big Bill and – um, Hangman and Swerve going the distance to start the show. There was a really good match between Takeshita and Jericho, and Takeshita beat him, beat him kind of easily. Um, and it was, um, um, I, I was, it was really, really impressed. I, I really hope for. To- and then there was the announcement involving Tony Khan, where he says we're going to have a show in Boston on March 13th, and we all know what's going to happen. Mercedes Monet is going to debut, and probably Okada is going to debut. So there's really cool things now to look forward to in AEW, not just Revolution. Now this. Dynamite show in on March 13th in Boston that's being called Big Business. So there's things to look forward to. There's some excitement uh, going on with um, AEW. But um, I just like the fact that they have a little bit of stability um, in terms of their pay-per-view scene and knowing, okay, this is where we're going. This is the trajectory. Let's just have fun matches in between on the episodic programming to keep people happy. So I feel like they're just staying in their lane, you know, and not trying to hop on to too many characters i'll get into okada in a minute okay um rye what do you as someone who watches you know kind of casually like like i do not as diehard as boogie how do you think they've handled this road to to sting's last match oh you can't deny that that they've done sting very well in aew throughout what do you have he's had what 25 matches i think i read or i heard someone say uh he's looked strong in all of them they've worked to his incredible strengths as a 50 what five-year-old man 60-year-old man almost Mm. Uh, they've put him in fantastic spots it's it's one of the things that they have swung and not missed they've continuously hit double off the wall triple even home runs throughout this whole thing run and i think in greensboro and on what the third of March or whatever, I think it's it's probably going to be emotional, and they've done them right to kind of work up to that emotion. I think that they this is one of the best things that they've done is Sting. I agree. I mean, he's practically undefeated. I mean, he, I don't know, say practically. Yeah, he's, he's, he hasn't lost yet. He has pretty lost. much hasn't lost. He hasn't wrested the singles match either. And the fans the show, there's oh, 15,000 yeah. people going to that show. Yeah, they opened up eight hundred more seats today, and and that's and that's for a company that's does that's struggling to sell eight hundred seats. I just right. went to exactly. a show on Dynamite. It was at the UNO Lakefront Arena. It barely cracked two thousand. Some markets are just not easy to get a big rise out of. New Orleans is one of them. But then you go to Phoenix, where you pump out like a big main event with Sting in it, and you get five thousand people. 5, but that, but what are we doing? Why are we going to wherever in Bayou country? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, it's New Orleans, but I, to to 
to your credit, like to, to credit what you're saying, they had they've had some very weird collision shows where they had one in Bozier City. Bozier City is in Louisiana speak is the sticks. Um like I think like, the only people that the only people live that there are, live there are like, roosters and <laughs> deer hunters. Um but the and but and also they're having a collision show. This is a weird thing because you know Las Vegas they had that press event for WWE's WrestleMania show and the Super Bowls there. But they also booked in advance a collision show in Henderson, Nevada, close to Las Vegas. They can barely scratch out two thousand people there because no one's gonna pay money to go to an, a wrestling event when the soup the biggest sporting event in the world is there. You know, yeah, that's, that's why the I'm pretty sure I don't I don't know this for a fact. Maybe Ryan can correct me, but I'm pretty sure that the seating in the T Mobile Arena for that press event was free. Yeah, pretty sure. Then you could have bought, bought lanyards to like sit incredibly close and be a mark. Correct. And yeah. you know, the collision can't do that because they have to sell tickets. Well, don't do it right but next to the fucking Super Bowl. You know? It, it, go to Henderson, go to another big town somewhere else. Isn't Henderson like off the strip and once you're in Vegas, it's you want to walk in Vegas. You you want to roam in Vegas. You don't want to get off the strip in Vegas. So it's 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 kind of questionable on what they really do. Uh, I I'm outside of I'm the next town outside of Worcester. When they ran Worcester, it was pretty successful. I, I would say it was seventy percent full. I would say it was in the thousands, and it was a hot, raucous crowd. And they haven't been back since. I don't know why. Yeah, but yeah, from but from a live event perspective, they have a new manager there, and they had already booked out some of those towns in advance, like in late 2023. But yeah, they made some bad missteps, and they need to get away from those much smaller towns like Tupelo, Mississippi, and um, I'm just kind of thinking it's like Huntsville, Alabama is another one they're going to soon for Dynamite. They got to get away from those places. They have to go to bigger markets. I've always they felt do. that. Way. No, I agree 100. percent Eric it, Bischoff doesn't agree, but I do think you got well, to go because, to bigger cities. Because in, you know why he doesn't agree, Boogie? It's because if you go back to all of the venues back in the day that Nitro went to, Nitro and Thunder. Well, we'll say Nitro. Nobody cares about Thunder. Nitro used to go to places like Bowser City Bowser's. and Hunt Henderson. And Winston Salem, no, North, North Carolina, yeah, and fucking, you know, they go to Oxford, they go to the, the Ole Miss campus, and fucking Pensacola, hi Jen, uh, you know, and all these kind of places. But it's almost like you're settling for second best. But when you go to when I mean when you go to a twenty thousand seat arena and you're getting twelve, or you're going to go to an eight thousand seat arena and get seven, that's the problem. You know. Um, what I will say though, Scott, you, you this new approach is smart. You'll like this. I did see at the Garden for Sasha Banks, or whatever they say, in five weeks at the Boston Garden with my accent coming out strong with that one. Garden. They will. They do offer twenty dollar tickets. That's something AEW was not doing recently. They, I think, their lowest ticket to get in was I think fifty uh, average at these small arenas too. So for twenty bucks, can get you in the door. When you got a family of four, you know, that's probably a little bit more appealing when you're like a young WWE household instead of a WWE household and you got to go pay $50 and we don't really know your wrestlers too. So $20 in the door is probably a good, good grasp to get things rolling again too. I agree. Yeah. I agree there, with that. There's a good, there's an old, there's a statistic category, but it's been around since the 1930s when they had box offices, walk-ups. Like the idea of is that 
because I I'm only saying this because I literally just went to an AEW show in New Orleans. They had people waiting in line to get into the event. People would probably plan like me months in advance to watch it, and they have merch, and they're big super fans, and super fans. they're super excited. And that's awesome. You all those people, you're gonna get those people every single time. But walk-ups are people who just randomly hear it on the radio, or they or they're close to town. They're like, you know what? I'll go to that wrestling show. I don't really have anything else to do, or you know what? I don't I don't feel like just staying home. I'll just go to this wrestling event. And the walk up, the the walk ups that I saw in New Orleans were not were was very weak. They just it just felt like it, it's a very devoted but small condensed fan base. Where man, the people who are in that AEW event in that arena that venue, they love the hell out of everything they're watching. But there's not as many as you think. Um, so here's, it's very intense. And I've been to I've been to a dynamite. Uh, taping or i've been to a dynamite in bridgeport it was two years ago it was actually a couple weeks before wrestlemania in dallas i went with uh andy atherton and uh the doctor and the problem is they're locked into the live eight o'clock dynamite which is fine the problem is is they don't start rampage until like fucking 10 40 and by the time that's over you're looking at like quarter to 12 and you're cooked. You're cooked. It's a long night of wrestling. And when Rampage is your B show, or maybe even your C show, if you consider Collision your B show, um, you're not sticking around. And that's a problem. I think AEW has too many shows. One of those three shows needs to be Ring of Honor. They don't have enough star power to have five hours of TV. No, the only they they got screwed because the only reason they had Collision. Is because of punk. It's the only reason I, collision started. I'll disagree with one part. They don't have enough star power to fill up five hours of TV. I agree with that. In order to generate big time cable ratings from on a on a on a night to night basis, I agree with that part. They have enough wrestlers to do it. They have enough wrestlers. Of course they do. Boogie's got like nine hundred sixty guys on the roster. Correct. But what I'm saying is if they have to populate those programs, they can do it. WCW is in the same mode in the 90s. We have enough people to do all these different shows and pull it off. Do you have enough to make people want to keep watching? Yeah, that's the one part with WWE that and I think that the people in TKO are noticing this, that they're getting that in terms of intrigue and um and investment in the product, they're getting it right. The walk-ups for their Raws and SmackDowns of the last two weeks have been very good. Like, they look like they're going to 8,000 to 7,000 for their venue, which is normal. That's usually what they get for the Raws and the SmackDowns. It's getting up to 10 to 9 by the night of the show because there are people like, oh, yeah, I heard about that angle involving Rocket Cody. I heard about that thing where Cody won the Royal Rumble. I heard CM Punk is back. There is just more casual interest in WWE around this time, but they're doing a good job of stringing people along with the Cody finish the story Rock Roman part. What is going to be hard for them, but I think Triple H can pull it off, is how, can they just keep that stringing along all the way until early April? I think they can, but The Rock has to be collaborative. I think Roman's going to have to be there every week, um, and they got to do some – I just think they got to do a better job of making Cody look stronger as a, as a character in comparison to um, Roman and Rock. Seth Rollins, too. So they got a little bit of work to do. AEW, uh, their their fanfare is just it's it it has it plateaued. 
I'd probably say yes from a live event standpoint. From a viewership standpoint, I think they can. I think they can still take a rise up. Um, now, may I? Do you think? Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, do you Ryan. think that a brand split or a brand focused type of approach with the AEW depth of roster but lack of star power would help create more star power within that strong wrestler depth that they have, Andrew? Well, they already have. They already tried that with Collision in the summer. And I thought they did a good job of creating a different identity for that show. I thought they did when they had Punk and FTR. But if you've noticed lately, now you got Daniel Garcia teaming up with FTR against the House of Black. And you've got Miro on Collision, even though he hasn't been around a little bit. Um, So I think that they have done better there. But we talked about me and Scott and Steve talked about this a lot on the last episode, so I don't want to harken back to it um, because I think there will be more to talk about when we get to March when she actually debuts for AEW in Boston. But when Mercedes Monet shows up, there has to be an abs- there has to be a program or some segment of time where it's like, OK, this is the women's time. This is where we have to build up these people. We're signing Mariah May. We're signing Deanna Perosa. We've got a hot character in Timeless Tony Storm. And now you got Mercedes Monet coming in. You don't even know who else you might be able to sign later. We already heard rumors about Camille uh, might be signing with AEW soon. So you got some eyeballs there on the women's roster. That, Ryan, is where I would say that's where you need to start focusing. If you have to build an entire program towards women, like Rampage, go uh, for it. You stole the words out of my mouth. I said, well, if you took Rampage or even... I'll just start with Rampage. If you took Rampage and that was a one-hour woman show, would it work? Of course, because the ratings are in the 1.10 demographic. What's the difference? <laughs> Besides, the highest-rated 18 to 49 demographic segment on Dynamite that just passed was Tony Storm versus Red Velvet. I'm not so, sure it's the best idea from a business standpoint, but from a perception standpoint and goodwill and focus on women, it could work. You got to get out of that time slot. Well, the rest of the roster is finally better because because for a good couple of years the AEW women's roster sucked. So yeah, yeah got, but but Brian made a uh, Brian said a good phrase. He said wrestling focused. Like so, if you focus the matches on Daniel Garcia, where it's like always oh, getting closer, always oh, getting closer, and then he starts winning, and then he starts winning. Guess what? You used wrestling to make a star. Um, Camille is probably going to go to AEW. That sounds she WWE kind of stalled That's on her. A, so, what do you think? She she didn't want to go to NXT, Scott. So AEW is more. I of think. A, yeah, I think a lot. No, I don't think she minded NXT. I think WWE backed off because Camille. They already have a Camille right now that they got to that they're I don't say deal with, but Except. that they're working on, and that's Jade. So I don't think having someone like her and and AEW honestly needs her more because the women's roster was just fucking crap. And um, I think a lot of those women were overvalued. I'm sorry. I think Rio is not as good a wrestler as everyone thinks she is. I think, I think, um, what's her face? Um, I just Hikaru lost Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida, definitely not as good as I think everybody thinks she is. Um, oh, yeah. I, it, it was just, the, I, the women's roster. The women's roster in the early part of AEW was a perfect example of making lemonade out of lemons. The problem. Um, was, the problem was was. Kenny was running the women's division and he's a moron. So, I mean, like this is where Tony trusted way too many. The problem, the problem AEW had, and they're getting better at it now. I think Tony's finally the one guy who legitimately knew how to be a VP 
They got rid of. Yeah, you know what they should do? They should have Scott Demore come in and run the women's division. <laughs> they honestly, honestly should. Yeah, We're going to talk about that now. Let's talk about that now. Well, we got uh, we got about 20 minutes left. So the other big story, of course, in uh, we'll do more AW in a couple weeks because as we get closer to Revolution. So, of course, the big news, the other huge news that happened yesterday is Anthem, uh, quote, fired Scott Demore as the president of TNA. Uh, we've heard a lot of kind of corporate catchwords like branding and synergy and all that other gobbledygook crap that that companies like that throw out in press releases that is a bunch of crap um apparently from what i read and this is the first thing people said is oh who did he who did he touch or who's you know whose butt did he slap or some you know the because no one could know every if, if a wrestling person gets fired clearly they're a sleazebag you know that's always seems to be the way nothing could be further from the truth in fact, the roster is not happy about this. They love Scott Demore, and apparently there was a there were two meetings, two like there was a talent meeting and then like a staff production meeting, and Tommy Dreamer and I think it was Gail Kim ran the talent meeting, and I think this is being a little dramatic, but apparently Tommy Dreamer said if anybody wants to be released, you can talk to the higher ups about it i i don't think it's gonna go that far but he was loved and um i heard from people you know like uh, tom campbell from cultaholic who i who who i watched them a lot on youtube too they they um uh they were like a family in tna very tight-knit very tight roster another group that stayed in their lane uh, they just announced, I think today, that April 20th, um, the next pay-per-view, Rebellion, will be in Vegas again. I think it's at the Palms where where uh, Hard to Kill was. Um, makes sense, 420, because you walk up and down the strip and you smell weed. <laughs> so, <laughs> makes sense. Um, uh, I don't know what Anthem's thinking. I don't know if they're trying to do what... I think I don't know if they're using... TKO is a as an example of trying to streamline the corporate with the product. Probably not the smartest move. I think Anthem people were kind of I don't say jealous, but I think they were a little envious that TNA kind of was running on its own without needing Anthem there to kind of dangle, you know, hey, look, it's Anthem. Um but this is not a good move for Anthem and for TNA. Um Scott Demore was a was a solid talent guy. He wanted the rebrand. There's a rumor that he wanted to buy. He was gonna buy. I think that was uh, the main part right there, Scott. I DNA. think that was the one. Yep. And I that think was that what was got terminated. It. Yep. And um, so this obviously means that Anthem wants TNA. It's just a question of what do we do now? Who do you get? Sounds like I they want them at a certain budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they apparently did offer Punk a decent amount of scratch. They offered Okada a decent amount of scratch. Um, and I meant to say this earlier, Boogie. Um, uh, I still think that uh, that uh, Okada's going to WWE. That's just me. Um, I think this whole I think mm. I think this whole every indie guy just goes to AEW because it's AEW is starting to get stale. 
Um, I don't disagree, but I will say, Scott, on the Boston logo, there was two dollar signs. One for Sasha Banks, maybe the other for Sasha Banks, but I'm just saying someone else is significant with uh, dollar signs, and there was two in the Boston logo, so... Uh, oh, I just, I just assumed that meant JBL was going to AEW. <laughs> Again, now what are you going to do with... What are you going to do with Okada? Is this... Well, you know, we're going back to AEW, and we'll talk about this in a couple weeks. Yeah, but, go back. But, uh... What does TNA do now, and why would Anthem Rye do something so silly as to get rid of a guy? This isn't a Vince situation where he's a scumbag or did something sleazy. Um, this is a solid TNA guy, loyal to this company. What would provoke you to do something so dumb? If you believe some of the reports out there, is he wanted, in by some of their patterns, you would believe these reports that he wanted to grow. He wanted to invest into the TNA property. He wanted to invest into this roster, and by investing in this roster, is probably re-signing guys because TNA historically has been a revolving door, and they're going out and getting free agents to kind of lure in new fans, uh, build the brand, that we have momentum, let's kind of roll this train and see if we can come a viable number three instead of a distant viable number three. You know, so... Maybe perhaps there were kind of rumors of them getting a different TV deal, maybe one more lucrative and one more visible to people. So maybe all that adds up to a little pushback. And then maybe perhaps, like you guys said, he tried going over someone's head and buying this thing. And then buying this thing, he got his hands too deep in the cookie jar. And they said, no more cookies for you. Get the fuck out. (laughs) That kind of sounds like what happened. He started... He perhaps maybe uh, ruffled the wrong feathers. Maybe thought he had, I don't know, it's it's a tough situation that he was in, but I think he was in the right of trying to get that company to grow. And in the yeah. business, you got to invest. They had the momentum. I still think they had the momentum, you know? So it's, they got the Zigglers, they got a few others, but maybe they wanted a little more. They got Ali, maybe they, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting spot. I don't know. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's too bad. It seems like he's beloved, and and that's if there's no like Vince-ish stiff stuff out there that kind of people are like, oh, this is so out of left field. Did he fuck up? You know. So maybe that. Hopefully that doesn't come out, and there's nothing to that. But um, it's uh, sound like he made a power play, and he kind of maybe powered too much. Um, it's like they only they have a significant budget with whatever they're making on this deal. Like they own the Anthem owns the company. So it's like they make probably the exact amount of margin that they feel comfortable with. And they don't probably want to raise that bar because it's maybe they don't feel like it's too much of a risk, too much of a headache. And it's just kind of is what it is. And they make what they make. And it, they're just content, it seems like. Yeah, it's in situations, I would say this is the scenario where it is the the corporate ladder of wherever you are whether you're wrestling or I mean we're just talking about wrestling promotions here because that's what the subject here is the corporate ladder this is where it matters like does it matter necessarily when you're main eventing WrestleMania not always they literally just changed one that corporate didn't want corporate had basically changed their mind on it when they realized fans wanted something else um 
AEW is a different beast because the owner of the company is also the person who runs it and books it, and he's a diehard wrestling fan, which is very, very unique. And I'm actually kind of thankful for that. Scott Demore was the same type of person. He was a he was a diehard wrestling fan. He was from Canada, where TNA did a lot of their stuff and have grown a lot of their talents. And he wanted to make it grow even further. He was very animated. He did a lot of uh, like motivational promos, like almost the same way that Tony Khan would do it uh, between the shows. And this is this is where Scott Demore not being the one who owns. Impact Wrestling, because he wasn't an executive with Anthem, came back to bite him because he probably went to an outside investor, somebody that they Anthem probably didn't give him permission to talk to. And mm-hmm. they probably felt, oh, that's underhanded. You're trying to steal this valuable property from us. Well, we're going to cut you out. And um, I, I just think, Scott, it was simply a power play. The first moment it didn't smell right was when that press release came out of, I believe, the new president – don't know who he is, but I think his name is Anthony Cicloni or Cipolloni. Cipolloni, yeah. thank you. And he had said something to the degree of like, well, we just wanted to have a direction that's more more related to our brand. What the fuck is Anthem's brand? The only thing I know about Anthem is that its emblem was an owl. That's all I know about Anthem Sports. So right. what exactly are you branding it towards? And that 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 didn't sit right with me. And then when the other things started coming out through the grapevine about, well, he was trying to buy it off of Anthem and Anthem wanted to keep for themselves so they didn't trust him anymore. That actually makes more sense. Um, yeah, Scott probably got – not not the Scott. I like the Scott. Scott the more <laughs> got – got put in a situation where he probably overstepped his boundaries where he was like okay maybe i could buy this off of him if i talk to the right people and he wound up getting caught into a web of bs where it's like okay um we're gonna have to cut you out because we don't trust you anymore we can just get a non-wrestling executive to run the wrestling part of this and still make a profit because I, you know, TNA is a good product, and you know, it it's been doing well, and I think it will continue to do well without Scott Demore. But it was very obvious, based off of the online backlash, that there were very many people within the company and fans of the company and its fan base that were not happy with the choice. It sounded like he had a with these reports on, like he had a actual backer that was lucrative and willing to back him to buy TNA too. So yeah, and we know, and we know it wasn't Toby Keith this time. <laughs> no, no, rest in peace, Toby. No more solo. We they, we need some commemorative solo cups. Um, of course, their next show is uh, No Surrender, which is coming up. Um, the night before the Elimination Chamber. We can actually preview that in a couple weeks. Uh, Friday night, the 23rd. It's on TNA+. Plus, so if you have TNA+, Plus, it's it's included. Three matches now. Alex Shelley is cashing in his rematch against Moose for the world title. Chris Sabin will be defending the X Division title against Mustafa Ali. And Jordan Grace will defend the Knockouts title against uh, Giselle Shaw. Uh, all solid, all three solid matches, all, you know, I think Moose wins, Jordan Grace wins, but I do think Mustafa Ali does win the X division title. It'd be smart for them to do that. Uh, and we'll get more into that card in a couple weeks when we preview it. Uh, Cause it'll be that uh, when, when the, our next episode next premieres, up. it'll be that night. So, um, well guys, 
that was a lot of fun. We had a lot to talk about, and we'll have more to talk about as time progresses. Mr. Gray, you're the greatest. Thank you for joining us tonight. I always appreciate it. Again, go to the North-South Connection YouTube channel and the Tiki Taki. And he and uh, my PIC, Mr. Azero, are counting down um, the – how many are there? What would you say? 404? There are 402. <laughs> Total how did you – oh, my God. You're, you're... Uh, we're fucking wizards with the fucking editing. I'm sick of it. I would ever want to edit it. <laughs> I will say this weekend on the YouTube, as you mentioned it, of course, we have Mr. Rosario and I are going through our journey of fucking nonsense. But anyways, um, wait, we wait, have wait, wait. Ep- you're doing all the WrestleMania matches. Yep. yep. Ranking yep. them all. So that means you're doing probably 25 Kane matches. Uh, there's at least 10. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, exactly. I know we, we we worked ourselves into a shoot with that one. So, yeah. anyways, um, <laughs> speaking of the YouTube, uh, the last episode of Kelly Nelson and I's touchdowns to turnbuckles, where Kelly is a great wrestling historian, and now he is a great NFL historian, where he meshes NFL greats that played or football greats that turned into wrestlers, and he gives you a b- brief background. We ended up building a depth chart of offense and defense. It was a seven-part series, and of course, we had match recommendations where we had 35 matches we recommended from all these wrestlers. There's anywhere from Roman Reigns, Gene Konitsky, Buckets Nagurski, Bronco Nagurski, uh, just a slew, a slew of random wrestlers that played football, and uh, the seventh part is out Super Bowl Sunday morning, so... That's forever. That's evergreen as always. Kelly's great. So if you want to go gander over and listen to that on the YouTube, that's available. And it's also available on Kelly's feed, too, that uh, I will link on the YouTube. Yes. And, uh, of course, Kelly. Love Kelly. Kelly, of course, uh, was a uh, valuable member of JR's and my journey through the MSG house shows when we were doing uh, the 85 to 92 run on uh, Place B Podcast. Uh, Boogie, of course, he and Mr. Murray do the NBA team pod. It's uh, trade time. And isn't the All-Star game this weekend? Or is that next weekend? It's next weekend. This, it's always the weekend after the Super Bowl. Who's winning That's the right. Super Bowl? Who cares? The <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember a team called the Who Cares. <laughs> it's not the Saints. It's not the Aints. Haven't you were bagging your head? I, ha- I got my one. I got my one in 2010, and I'll I'll take I'll keep it. Now, uh, Reach, why he brings up the NBA, who's winning this championship? Is it the Celtics, of course, right? Uh, the Celtics are supposed to win. That's what the script says. But we can always change it due to an injury. <laughs> or, if Celtics, or if the Celtics get booed too much leading in, right? Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. And that's what, uh, that's you know what, what? Jason Tatum slaps Nikola Jokic in the face. <laughs> well, we, uh, while, we're, while we're recording, of course, is, uh, the, is the, what is it, NFL honors, and Lamar Jackson did win the league MVP. Uh, and this year's Hall of Fame class is Julius Pepper. It is Julius Pepper, Andre Johnson, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, Devin Hester, and yes, the man, um, Mongo. Yeah, baby. Uh, they made it on the uh, senior committee. And uh, Randy Gratishar, who played for the Broncos in the 70s and 80s, and of course Mongo. So, good class. Gentlemen, been a pleasure. Join us in two weeks. We will, uh, let's see, that'll be the 23rd. So we will preview both TNA No Surrender and 
Elimination Chamber from Perth. <laughs> They'll only be like three hours apart when they air. Um, and uh, we'll see what else happens as we get closer as well to AEW's revolution. So a lot going on. Have a wonderful uh, couple of weeks uh, for uh, Brother Rye and Brother Boogie. I am Brother Scott. You have been in the main event, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Oh, man, Scott, I just read it. Um, you'll never believe what happened. CM Punk got another injury. He did. Yes, he um he reached too far in the Dune popcorn bucket, and he ripped his other tricep. Shut up, Sean Payton. <laughs>